If you don't know me, my name is Brian Cesarek. Uh, my wife, my wonderful, beautiful, in every way wife, Ruth, is in the back. Wave, Ruth. Hey, yeah. Um, I have, we have some, we've been here about 20 years or so at the church, and um, we have no children with us right now. They're all coming back from school and stuff like that, but they were all here for Thanksgiving. That was wonderful. We even took a family picture, and I'm wearing exactly what I was wearing in the family picture. So if anybody is taking a family picture today, I'm available. So <laughs> I have put on my best, my best duds. Um, I want to talk today about... Um, um, I want to talk today about a couple things. I want to talk about peace. This is a season where we, we hear about peace on earth. What, is that, what does that mean, peace? And I want to talk about value and how, how God values you and me. Um, John 17.3 says, Jesus was praying to the Father and he said, This is eternal life that they, you and me, may know you. This is eternal life, they may know you. So eternal life to Jesus is knowing the Father. And um, just to, to take us back a little bit, um, take us back to the, to the beginning in a nutshell. Since it's Christmas, I'll give it to you in a, in a chestnut shell. <laughs> so um, I knew that was going to be really lame, but I thought I'd do it anyway. Um, so eternal life to Jesus is knowing the Father. And, and at the beginning, we, um, this was God's desire when he created man, for us to know him, to be intimately connected to him at the deepest level, and to reflect his character. He said in, in Genesis 1, 27, he said, I'm going to make man... We're going to make him in, in our own image. So in God's own image. And image, that word image there means, it doesn't mean that we, you know, we look like him physically necessarily. I, I'm, I'm, we don't. We, I'm sure we don't, but well, I'm not sure. But what it really means, that's not what the word means. Image means it's really like a, it's a representation of God, how he, just how he lives, how he functions, his thoughts, his, his, his mind, his purposes, his goals, those kind of things. And so he created male and female in that way, to function like him and to represent him. So from the beginning, our, our purpose was to re-present him, to present him everywhere, everywhere we went, to act like him, to be like him. And we were made just like him. And so we were originally at one with him, completely free, completely free to love and to be loved, Right? But sin came in tragically. I'm, I'm giving you just a, this is thumbnail sketch. Not, I'm not, we're not going super theological here, but just, the, just, just the, the, the basics here. Sin came in tragically, and ever since, we've been, we've been disconnected. Man, mankind was disconnected from God. And so going forward, we've all sought to reconnect, really, to that love in, in all sorts of different ways. No more, you know, God's, God not at the center of our lives anymore. We became self-centered. So you and I, if, if before we were born again, if you've been born again, before that, it was all about us. Self-centeredness, self, I mean, everything was about us. Trying to satisfy ourselves in everything, 
And we were never meant for ourselves. That's not how we were created. And I'm going somewhere with this because we're going to talk about how Jesus has restored us, okay? But we ended up disconnected from love. And so we do all these things. We accumulate wealth, relationships, power, whatever, you name it, um, to satisfy ourselves in a way that we were never meant to, being right. And we kind of sell ourselves to these things. We sell ourselves cheap. And it's into this darkness that Jeremy was talking about, this state that a child was born, a son was given, the word says. And what was the son given for? What was he given for? That's what we're going to talk about. And peace, peace on earth. The angels said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. So a son was given. And um, in, in, in Romans 5, if you've got a Bible, you can turn there. If not, it should be up there right behind me. <clears throat> in Romans 5, it says this. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So, peace. That word there, peace, means we were being to be set at one. So, what's happened is Jesus has come, and, I, and we're going to talk about how he did this, and why he did this, and what, why it matters to us. Jesus came to restore us to our original created value and purpose. Jesus came to restore us to our original value, our original created value and purpose. He came to set us back at one with God. This scripture right here means that if you are a child of God, you are one with God. You're not something else. You're not struggling trying to find him. You're one with God, whether you feel like it or not. So what this means is that God saw me as valuable enough to sacrifice his son for me. So, I'm of greatest value to Jesus. He, he paid the highest price. And, this is, and this, is how, this is how I value myself now, and you, you and me. He paid the highest price, and he valued us before we, before we did anything. I mean, really, our, our value was placed on us at the beginning. And so... As he's come, he's come to restore us. And no matter what we do, our performance, our value never was and never will be connected to what we do. To what we do, how we behave, how we act. He loves us, period. My behavior can't, can't change that. That's, that may be hard for some of us to, to handle because I think experience, we, I, I think we tend to, we tend to believe our experiences more than what God says. But hang with me a little bit. So we're completely restored as sons and daughters, being born again unto a completely new nature. So, so there was an old nature. And I talked about this last time a little bit when I spoke. But 
Jesus, when he went to the cross, he was crucified. And the word says we were crucified with him. We were actually crucified with him. And the reason is, is so that old nature could be, could be put to death. The scriptures talk about this all through the Bible. Our old nature is put to death and a new nature is born. To be born again, you have to die. And we, and we died with him at the cross. And now, we have a completely new nature. So, so what that means now is, sin is not my destiny. Failure is not my destiny. I'm not talking about positive thinking and these kind of things. I'm talking about, we have a new nature. We are sons and daughters of God, and we are, we've been restored to, son, to sonship, just like we were at the beginning. Free from, from all Free to love again. Expecting the same old problems to to dominate us. Sin, failure. That's That's not our future. That's not our destiny. We're dead to that. That was the old me. I'm now alive to God. Alive to righteousness. And what that means is, is, is God, Jesus paid the highest price. And I'm of greatest value to Jesus. And what that also means is the person sitting next to you and me is of greatest value to Jesus. Okay? So peace on earth, the way peace gets to the earth, ultimately, is sons and daughters of God acting like him because we've been restored to our original created value and and we have his nature now. Right? Does that make sense? Does everybody get that? So Jesus valued me this way when I was lost in darkness without a clue. When sin broke me down, you know, some, some of us feel so broken, broken down by our failures and our sins. He valued me before that. We've all done, we've all done terrible things. We've all we've all walked through horrible failures, but Jesus valued us before all of that. He didn't come into the world to judge the world. He came to the world to save the world. My misconduct never impacted Jesus' love for me, and it never will. That, that puts a little bit of a twist on, on our, the people who are closest to us and their behavior, doesn't it? So, I mean, think about Jesus. Jesus, you realize Jesus washed the feet of the man who betrayed him just hours before he did that? How could he do that? I'll tell you how he could do it. He, he loved, he loved, period. He loved, he loved Judas. He wasn't, he wasn't like, he wasn't robotic. He wasn't like acting out something that he didn't, that he didn't want to or, you know what I mean? We, we have a hard time with that, but he washed the feet of the man who betrayed him. He, he well, actually, he, he, he humbled himself. He really, he took the, it says he took the form of a servant. Actually, in that moment, he, that was the lowest person in the culture is a servant like that. And he, he got down and he washed all those guys' feet. You know, all of them, 
All of them basically betrayed him. They all, they, well, they abandoned him, right? In a few hours, I mean, they were, Peter was saying, I'll, go to, I'll die for you and all this stuff. They all abandoned him, but, and he knew it. He knew it was going to happen. Could we do that? He, he loved them to the end. Then he was on the cross. And what was he saying on the cross? Father, he was saying, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. If they knew what they were doing, they wouldn't be doing it. Forgive them, Father. I mean, that's love, right? That's love. And you know what? We're, we're called to that love. And, and we're called to that love. We're not only called to that love, but we are, we're given that love. Later on in Romans 5, it says that the love, here's what it says. This is interesting. It says, we, we even rejoice in tribulation because tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, character, and character. I think I have it here. Yeah. Character, hope. And hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God, actually God's love, the agape love of God, the God kind of love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit that's been given to us. So the reason we rejoice in tribulations, tribulation, that word is, it's, it, one, one definition of it is squeezing. It's like pressure. And the point of that is when you get squeezed, it's, it's like what comes out. You know, I heard a guy talking about you get, you get an orange and you squeeze it and apple juice comes out. That would be weird, right? So the point is, is when we get squeezed, Jesus is supposed to come out. It'd be weird if something else comes out. But we've, we've really allowed, for various reasons, we've allowed ourselves to, to let other, other things come out. Because we don't, I, well, honestly, we're just believing a lie. We're believing a lie. The truth is, if you've been born again, we have the love of God. We have everything we need. We are, we are restored just like, just like we were. And, and actually, the, at the beginning, and Jesus in, uh, in I, I think it's, um, let me see this scripture I had here. First John 4, 17 says this. It says that as he is, so are we in the world. As he is, so are we in the world. We can have boldness in the day of judgment, it says. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So, in that day, when we stand before God, if we are his sons and daughters, what that says is we can be bold. You know, you know when, I, when, I'm in, when I go to heaven, God is not going to show a film of my life. He's not. He's not going to show a film of my life. Some of you have heard that before. You go to heaven, God's going to show this film of your life. It's gone. It's gone. I'm not that person anymore. I'm not that person anymore. And neither are you if you are a son of God or a daughter of God. So as he is, so are we in this world. So that's what, that's our purpose. That's, that's our destiny. We've been, create, we've been recreated. That's why in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you know, it says all, it says the old has passed away. Every, everybody, who's, everybody who's born again, the old has passed away. 
and the new has come. Everything's new. And this, the, the verse right before that says this. It says, it says, we don't recognize anybody anymore according to the flesh. We don't look at anybody with, with eyes of, of the flesh. We look at people with the eyes of God. I look at you. I look at you. You look at me with these kind of eyes that say, you are of the highest value. Jesus paid the highest price. He paid the highest price for you and me. Do we have a picture of that painting? You guys hear about that painting that, um, that Saudi prince just bought for 450.3 million? We were joking about the point three. I wonder what happened in that auction. Was it like 450 million, 450.3? You know, and this, the guy's like, I can't go any higher. Than 450 million. It's like, I don't know where the point three came from. I mean, that's, that's not worth that, right? Well, you know what? It is worth that. It's worth it to the guy who bought it. It's worth $450.3 million to that guy. It's not to you. It's not to me. But it is to him. So the question today is, what are you worth? What are you worth? What am I worth? And Jesus has made it clear what we're worth. We've got new motives, new perspectives. And somebody, there's somebody here may need to get born again today. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's very possible. But, if, but if, you're, if you've already been born again, you're a son, a daughter of God. You've got new perspectives, new motives. We're no longer slaves. We sing that song. We're no longer slaves to fear. I'm a child of God. The reason these songs like this resonate so much, you're a good father, I'm a child of God. The reason they resonate so much with us and they're sweeping the earth is because they're, there's a, they're, they're true. I mean, they, they, it, they're reaching us at a, at a level that's, that's beyond the head. It's, it goes to the very depth of who we are. And we bear witness with the fact that God has come to, to restore us to our original created value and purpose. So I don't need somebody or some something to tell me that I am somebody because I am somebody to God. You are somebody to God. No matter what you've done. No matter what you've done. If you think you've done too much, tell that to Paul, the Apostle Paul. He was a murderer. Not only a murderer, he was like a he like murdered the, the good people, you know. Tell that to, you know, Peter in the second chapter of Acts and in the third chapter of Acts, he talks to these people and he tells them, like, after, they've, after Pentecost and the Holy Spirit has fallen upon them and they've come out boldly and they're preaching the word. At some point, these people who, he said, you killed, you, you killed the Son of God. You killed the Messiah. And somehow that preaching 
hit them. It said they were cut to the heart. And they said, what should we do? I mean, these are the, these are the people that, these are the people that killed, that put Jesus to death. And so, I mean, can you, how do you live with that? How do you live with that? How did Paul live with all the things that he did? This is what they said. This is what Jesus' message was too. They said, he said, repent. Repent. And repentance is a word that's been used. I mean, we get, we get a lot from that word. Repent means to grovel and feel really bad about what you've done to a lot of people. Repent means to, you know, just say I'm, I'm, I'm pathetic and I'm a loser. You know what repent means? Just change the way you think. Change the way you think. That's, what, that's all it means. Just turn around. Change the way you think. And that's what Peter said to these people. He said, repent and be converted. Repent and be baptized. He actually said be baptized because they knew baptism. What baptism is, a, is, a, is really a statement of is death and resurrection. So baptism to them was, and to us really, is, when, I mean, we could, I guess we could have done it with real dirt and buried people, but it wouldn't work as well as water. So that's why we do the water. I mean, yeah, if you ever wonder why we do that with the water. So you go, they go down in the water. You go down in the water, and that's, you're dead. When you come back out, you're a new person. That's what that means. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. It's not some, it's not some like religious act that says I'm joining a team. You know, or I'm turning my life around, or I'm getting right with God, or, you know, so it's like, I'm dead. I come out, I'm alive, and I'm a new person with a new nature, and the old things are past, and the new things have come. I have peace with God. I'm restored completely to God. And then I can go on spreading peace on earth. That's what we do. We, we set people at one with God. Just like Jesus set us at one with, with him. That's, that's our, that is our purpose as we go forward. I mean, imagine, imagine if just the people in this room, if, we, if all we did was, and we should, wake up tomorrow morning to love, just to love, not to, not to be offended, not to um, not looking for something from everybody in our life, whether it's our spouse, our boss, our mother, father, our children, our friends. You see, Jesus didn't, he didn't look for anything from anybody. He didn't need anything. He was here to love. And look what he did. Look what he did. And that's, that's who we are. We're sons. We're sons just like Jesus now. I mean, I, I know that's kind of mind-blowing, but it's the truth. I'm sorry, I'm just, can we get that? We're sons and daughters. And so when we, when we walk out of here, we walk out of here to love. We don't walk out of here looking to get anything from anybody. We don't, we don't, we don't walk out of here, um, here, here's a good scripture. Let me read this, this, this one in, uh, um, I think it's First Timothy. 1 Timothy 2. Okay. 
Therefore, this is Paul talking to Timothy, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to agree with me. To agree with me. All men to be... No, that's not what it says. It doesn't say he desires all men to be Republicans or Democrats. All men. He desires all men to be saved. You know what that word saved means? It means made completely whole. It means restored, healed, delivered, just made whole in every way. I mean, fill in the blank with that person you don't like, especially that public figure right now. God desires him. He desires her. I had a dream. I had a, I, I had a really, I had a, a dream a couple of weeks ago. It was kind of interesting. Um, I was in a room with a public figure that many of you do not like. And, and, and honestly, me too. And that's why I was in the dream. <laughs> I don't have a lot of, I'm not like, I don't have a lot of dreams like this, but, um, and there were a lot of people in this room and I was there and this person was there and, and pretty soon, everybody left the room except me and this other person. And it was clear that we, we don't like each other. And, but what happened in that moment was, I think God was speaking to me about that. So I, I, I changed the way I thought in the dream. And I, I, I made a comment and we both laughed. And it was like we were... We kind of made a connection and started connecting that way. And, and so it was just, it was really interesting. But he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Why? Because he has shown, he has proven the value of every single human being. No matter how they're behaving. No matter how they have behaved. That's not, that's not how he sees them. He sees them as lost sons and daughters. Lost sons and daughters. So I want to encourage us today to first of all, you know, what is, what is our response? What is our response to that? Um, Jeremy, you guys can come back up. There's two responses to this, and the first one is is to repent, and um, some of us need to change the way we think about, first of all, how God how God feels about us, how God feels about myself, how He feels about me, because it it will change everything. I know your feelings and your experience say. I'm, I'm a failure, I'm broken, I'm, I can't, I just, you know, I'm, I'm not worthy of love, whatever. Some, either you've told yourself that, or someone's told you that, or someone's done something to you, or you've done something to yourself, or whatever. And, and, and the words that come from you, and listen, we, we're going to respond in, in another way in a minute, and, but the words, we talk to ourselves all the time. 
you know, people don't, you start talking about talking to yourself and being positive and that. Well, literally, you're, you're really talking to yourself all the time anyway. So you might as well, you might as well talk some good things to yourself. So, so the first thing we do is, is repent. And what that looks like is we say this. We say, I was living for me. Now I'm not. I was living for me. Now I'm not. I used to be the sole attention and focus of my life, and now I'm not. I was never meant to live for myself. It's like putting metal in a microwave. You ever put metal in a microwave? It destroys the product, right? And that's, that's what living for ourselves does. So, that's repentance. Actually, why don't we all just stand? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna worship here in, in, in a minute. But I'm going to just, I just want to lead, lead us in, in some prayer. So I'm not that person anymore. The gospel has changed my heart. Condemnation doesn't change my heart. Self-hatred doesn't change my heart. Shame doesn't change my heart. Regret doesn't change my heart. You know, repentance is not regret. Regret is... Regret brings no... It brings, it brings no fruit of... Um, it brings no life to you. Regret does not. That's how Paul, that's how all these people back then, you know, we always wonder, how would I have reacted if I was living back then? Would I have believed? Would I have, would I have been yelling? You know, I mean, would I have been yelling for Jesus to be crucified? No, I wouldn't have done it. But, you know, we don't know. But, but some people were, and those people, the way they were able to, to walk out of that life and those circumstances is because the gospel. And the gospel... The good news was that Jesus paid the highest price. Just like that prince, that Saudi prince paid that highest price for that painting. Jesus paid the highest price. And he doesn't pay a high price for a piece of junk. Right? So that's who you are. That's who I am. So, first we're going to repent. And it's easy. It really is. I mean, you might get emotional, but you don't have to. You just change the way you think. And then we're going to worship. So I want to I wanna just lead, lead us in a prayer, if you guys wouldn't mind. I wrote this down the other day. Just I was, I was just praying this, and... Why don't you just agree with me? It's it's kind of long. I, I won't. I won't. You just just agree with me. Thank you, Father, that even on my darkest day, you saw who you meant for me to be. You never forgot who I was, and you knew that on my darkest day, that was not me. You never created me for the will of man, or for my flesh, or for me. I was never meant to serve myself. You made me for your image and your nature and your love and to reproduce your image everywhere I go and to everyone I go to. I put off the old man, all of the flesh, all of the anger, the resentment, the offense, the right to be angry and offended by people, and I put on the new. 
gentleness, kindness, love. And now I trust you, I trust in your ability, Father, to keep me more than my ability to fail. That's not going to open me up to sin. That's going to put me in a place of childlike faith and trust in you, Lord. Because you love me. And if I do ever cross out of that place, I'm going to run to you, Father. Because I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Amen. Amen. I also had a... You know, can I... Did anybody just pray, pray that like for the very first time? Just If you did, just raise your hand. If you've never known God, it's possible that somebody did. I just want to give you the opportunity to we'll just, we just celebrate with you. Anybody do that for the first time? Okay. So the second thing we're going to do is we're going to worship. I also, I, I, you know, a couple weeks ago, Ryan was talking about worship, and, and I, had a, I kind of had a revelation. He, he referred to a scripture that said um, that I think Paul was saying, I, I desire that, that men lift holy hands and, and, and worship. And it came to me that, you know, we talk about hands a lot. You know, you get your hands dirty doing work, this and that, and, and, and we refer to our hands. Peter said, it was, it was by lawless hands that you crucified the Son of God. He was talking to those people on the day of Pentecost. But, this, this just said something to me that my, my hands have been made holy by the, at the cross. And, and I just had this vision of that God loves it when we just lift our hands. And, we, and it's kind of like we say this. We say, God, look what you've done. Look what you've done. You've, made my, you've, you've cleansed me completely. You've made my hands holy. I'm not dirt, my hands are not dirty anymore. You've made me Holy, you've made me whole. Holy means whole. He's, he's restored us completely. So I want today, as you worship, I don't care how you felt like when you came in here. If you're a, if you're a child of God, I want you just to, I want you to raise your hands when we're when we're when we're worshiping. Just just find the time to just 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 place your hands where God can see them and just say, God, thank you. Look what you've done. You've done such a an amazing work in my life and I'm going to go forward this day. I'm going to go forward this day walking in love, representing you because you have completely changed me into a new creation and restored me to my original created value and purpose. So why don't you do that as we continue in worship?